Welcome to the 4th and Inches College podcast. Uh, it's episode five. Thanks very much for coming to join us again, ladies and gents. It's great to see you all, uh, or hear you all, or for you to listen to us. Um, yeah, what another great week of college football. Um, some fantastic games. Some of the bigger teams did uh, did take a week off. It was their bye week. But uh, in their place, we had some fantastic games for some of the smaller colleges. Some shocks, some uh, some big scores. And yeah. All five conferences back and playing football and what we love to see. Um, so, yeah, episode five, uh, as per usual, there's no changes with the host this week. You've got me, uh, Nick Loth. You have, of course, Tristan Watkin. Hey, guys. And as always, also, Sukdeep Puni is also on the line. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> on the line. <laughs> I just try and mix it up. Come on. Yeah, why not? Um, But before we start the show, um, on a serious note, we'd like to dedicate today's episode to the 50th anniversary of the deeply tragic plane crash which killed 75 people, including all the passengers and crew, on November the 14th, 1970, as the Marshall Thundering Herd football team returned home from a road game against East Carolina Pirates. The fatalities included 37 student-athletes on the Marshall football team. The unbeaten high-flying Thundering Herd team you see today faced program extinction in 1971. From the ashes, they rebuilt themselves thanks to the love and the support of the community in Huntingdon, West Virginia. Our thoughts today and throughout the episode are with the families who were affected by these horrible events. I speak on behalf of us all when I say 2020 Marshall football is a spectacular story and their town deserves to be incredibly proud of their team. So, with that being said, here's what's coming up on today's episode. It's all about talk of the town trask. Kyle, that is. He's muscling his way into the Heisman conversation as the Florida Gators win again, dismantling a competitive but ultimately futile Arkansas Razorbacks at the Swamp. So two questions need to be answered. Is Trask a real candidate for the Heisman this year? And are Florida creeping their way into playoff contention? We chat that over. Um, and staying in the SEC, South Carolina are in full-on spiral mode as their season falls apart at the seams in the space of 72 hours. They lose to Ole Miss to fall a 2-5 and five on the air. Head coach Will Muschamp gets the chop. And now their two-star cornerbacks have opted out for the rest of the season to focus on the draft. Uh, but what chinks of light are there for the future of this Gamecock program? There's got to be something for the uh, for the Gamecock fans to sort of look at and, and, and wish upon and hope upon for the future. Um, we look at that too. We take you through the thrills and spills of some of the bigger games around college football, including Miami against Virginia Tech, USC against Arizona, Notre Dame, Boston College. Oregon against Washington State, 
uh, Michigan, uh, they went to they hosted Wisconsin, uh, Wake Forest against North Carolina, Colorado against Stanford, and SMU versus Tulsa. We also look at our stars of the week. We head through the AP rankings to see who are the winners, who are the losers, who's up and down this week. Our discussion topic of the week, um, the Heisman Trophy, the most prestigious award in college football. But winning that, does that guarantee you a superstar NFL career? We look at some of the players in the last 10 years who have won the Heisman and what sort of career they've gone on to have. We also have a look at next week's fixtures, some of the key games um, from teams ranked in the top 25. Uh, we decide, you know, what, what games stand out to you and why. Um, and yeah, what there is to look forward to this Saturday coming in college football. But first, top of the order of the show, I am delighted to inform you because I know how oh, you've been waiting God. for this moment. <laughs> That the Nebraska Cornhuskers are up and running for 2020. Round of applause for Nebraska football. A surprise victory given their preseason expectations. The Cornhuskers downed Penn State 30 to 23 at the One Memorial Stadium. That black shirt defense, uh, well and truly on show. But the story, as much as I want to tell it, it isn't about Big Red. It's more than Big Red, it's about a season in tatters. But they're now 0 and 4 Nittany Lions. Um, Penn State were viewed as the out and out second best team um, in the Big Ten. The, 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 the idea was Ohio State were on that pedestal, and you come down a bit, and there's Penn State, and then there's a little gap, and there's a few other teams, and you make your way down. But who saw 0 and 4 Nittany Lions? I mean, I surely didn't. Did any of you guys? No. Not at all. What is going wrong there? Where do we start? <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot of things have happened um, from... Obviously, you can blame COVID, but then at the same time, every other team in that you know conference division are going through the exact same thing as Penn State. They've had a lot of um, players opt out. Obviously, you know, Mika Parsons is a, a major one, you know, who's expected to be a, you know, a high pick in the draft. There's the obviously incident with the the running back, the unfortunate news about Mika Journey, who's uh, having to unfortunately retire from the game due to his you know heart issues. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that maybe that that's something that was brought upon at the start um, of all of this. So I think maybe that's had a bit of a damn on the team. Um, rest of it, I mean, Tristan, what do you think? <laughs> I think the easier question to probably ask yourself is what's going right at Penn State because we could we could spend the entire podcast talking about what's oh. going wrong with Penn State. It's it's just what positives can you find? Like I don't think there's you know Sam Clifford didn't look great at quarterback and just and Nick I'm not just saying this because I like to wind you up. It's not this wasn't a great Nebraska team. It's not like no. this team had been overly competitive. No, defensively, defensively, I thought they were fantastic, especially in the fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. Because yeah. if you've got if you've got Penn State coming down your throats after you know it's this right. I'm a Giants fan, and this game game reminds me so much of the Giants this season, where they they really are the better team um, in the first half. They have been the better team for the majority of the games they've played. They've been up at half time for so many of them, but second half. You see the score just narrow and narrow and narrow until they blow it. And that's obviously, I had horrible flashbacks to, to some key Giants games this season when it was happening. 
But Penn State, with only a couple minutes left, they got it all the way down to first and goal. And Nebraska made them turn it over on downs. Yes, the offense then went three and out. But then Penn State coming back again. And again, they could not convert fourth and goal. And that is, I mean, that's huge, I think, to deny two fourth and goals in the space of four minutes at the end of a game. Mm. I I also think um, the play calling was pretty bad, though, don't you? Yes. <laughs> questionable. What, Penn State? Yeah. yeah, for Penn State, it, it was really questionable. Like, I think there was there was some some occasions that they could have actually just run the ball. Um, I, I think they were, Nebraska were there for the taking, and it's just some of the play calling didn't really help their cause, to be honest. They looked scared. They looked scared in the final third, to be honest, when, when they were uh, those two plays that you described, that, you know, they really looked scared. As in Penn well, State, I, I mean, as in, you know, we were talking about Sean Clifford. He was yanked from the game. Um, you know, that finally, it seemed like Penn State had kind of gone. You know what, Clifford's not doing it this season. He's done. And Nebraska have not been afraid to do that because obviously Nebraska have now. I don't know how if it's the it's the going to be the future thing, but Luke McCaffrey, brother of Christian McCaffrey, is now the starter. Um, he took over for Adrian Martinez, which nobody. <laughs> really saw coming. Um no. as good as McCaffrey is as a prospect, you know, he was a four star prospect. Um Adrian was a player who Nebraska hoped to be a Heisman candidate. And that in you know being in his junior this year, they thought, okay, maybe this can be the chance, but it really hasn't been. And one of the again, on offense, Nebraska, I know we're talking about Penn State, but Nebraska finally started to give more snaps of their fresh because they've got something like three four star uh, three star four star wide receivers, whereas their seniors are walk ons and two stars. So one of the frustrations has been that why Nebraska you've got clearly much more talented freshmen. Why do they keep subscribing to the whole? Well, you've got to play them because they're seniors. Um, you want to win now, and they mm. they did, and they played players like Xavier Betts, who was the best player in the in the state. Uh, last year in high school, they played guys like Marvin Scott. Um, but the thing was with Penn State, one of the one of the things that typifies to me why Nebraska won this game is that the the quarterback Levis, he found Penn State's best receiving threat, which is going to be the probably second round pick tight end in this year's draft, Pat, Pat Fryer, of the best mm. tight end in the country that's not named Cal Pitt. Yeah. And Fryer moved right down and then the DB chased him and chased him and chased him and wrapped his ankles at the one. And it's that kind of effort play that I saw from the Cornhuskers on defence that made me think, you know what, if it comes down to defence in this game, I'm confident Nebraska are going to win this because Penn State did not break off many big plays. And it was, and I think it, you're right, it quite possibly play calling. But they had yeah. two quarterbacks who both were very nervous at throwing the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, neither quarterback, I mean, for Nebraska, Luke McCaffrey, again, doesn't seem to be a pass-first quarterback. He's a rushing quarterback, just like Martinez is. I mean, McCaffrey went for 67 yards in a touchdown. Um, was Nebraska's leading well, rusher? He was. Um, although Penn State put Will Levis in, in the second quarter, and he only finished five yards off Penn State's leading rusher. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Penn State don't Penn State don't have a pro star quarterback. I think both of them are again 
Clifford and L- Levis both rely on mm. on using their using their feet you, uh, to run to scramble. Have you heard what Frymouth had to say after the game? I didn't. What did he say? So he was really critical, really, really critical. So this this speaks a lot, to be honest. So he says they they were asking like what's gone wrong with Penn State. So that was the question that was brought to him. So he said stuff that we never done. Show up late, just not doing things that Coach Franklin has preached to us to be successful. So mm. it does look like there's some dissent between wow. the ranks between some of these players. But you also got to give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I was I was looking at this the other the other day. So they've got. 81 players on their roster that are either true sophomores or younger. So, 31 of those are freshmen. So, that's a young team. team. And at the end of the day, they've still been been quite competitive. I mean, look at that Indiana game. I mean, we're literally one sort of pylon away from, you Mm. you know, kind of giving them the win there. That They were competitive against Ohio State as well. Um, There was only a 13-point deficit. I think it's the last two games, really, yeah. that's kind of tipped the scale. I think the first two games, you could have been like, OK, Indiana are doing quite well. Ohio State, they're always going to be up there as, you know, one of the, the big, you know, big four. So, obviously, this Maryland mm-hmm. and Nebraska games really, really now tipped the scale, hasn't it, and put the pressure on. Um, mm-hmm. But, but you yeah. also, also, I think it's also on the back of, you know, where they are last season, I think. In the last nine games they've played, they've been sort of three and six. So that's not mm. it's not very good, is it? When you're tipped to be that hard, you know, the, the second best team in in your division, you know. I love I love when you said, um, "Did you see what Fryman was after the game?" Yeah, I was about six cans in after the game. Like I, I don't <laughs> give a, I don't care what Fryman after yeah, the game. Pro- probably was, asking the wrong person there. You know, I appreciate. I was dancing that. on the roof. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Tristan, you wanted to say something. I've not really got much to say about this game. Like, I don't quite know what's wrong with Penn State. There's there's something wrong there. And for the last few years, it's they they've looked like they've been back on this upturn because obviously they had a you know with the whole Jerry Sandusky thing a few years back and losing loads of scholarships. That program really went downhill. And then James Franklin came on at a very difficult time. He looked like he was turning it around. You know, last season was really positive. This year, it's just they've slumped back into the Penn State of old a little bit when they were having struggles, where they didn't have the scholarships and things. And I don't know if it's whether Penn State as a university and as a football program has ever really recovered from the Jerry Sandusky situation and, you know, everything that happened with Joe Paterno. And, you know, they've now on given the death penalty nearly at one point, it felt like. So I just, yeah, I don't know what to say about Penn State this year. I'm surprised at how bad they are. But they've, they've, yeah, like I say, it's more what positives they got. The tight ends are positive, but that's really it. Their defense doesn't look great. They've not got a killer offensive line. I know they're missing some key players. Just they've not got a star running back or receive like a wide receiver. They're relying so heavily on that on the tight end. It's yeah, you know. And like I say, I don't think it was a great Nebraska team that beat them. Like If you look at Nebraska's offensive stats in this game, they didn't run the ball incredibly well. They had 152 receiving yards, still somehow put up 30 points. So, it's... They didn't need to do loads to beat Penn State, apart from play well on defense, which, yeah, again, they did. You know, fourth quarter, that stand at the very end, you know, was all you could ask for from Nebraska. And, and I think Nick summed it up quite well. There's, I think effort was the biggest difference in this game. 
Nebraska players made such an effort. They cared about winning this game. Penn State, mm. I didn't see it as much. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just round it off with uh, Penn State. They play Iowa. Uh, I don't know if it's at Penn State or if it's at Iowa. Um, do you see them beating the Hawkeyes? It's at, no. it's, it's at Penn Not State. After... I wouldn't say so. Not after what... Spoiler alert for later. Not not after what Iowa did to to Minnesota. Iowa looked mm. a team on the up, and Penn State are a team on the down. But they got Michigan the week after. Mm. That could be a <laughs> dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, in Nebraska, they play Illinois at home uh, in Lincoln. Surely you're not going to go against Nebraska for that. Illinois are terrible. Right? <laughs> Yeah, I think Nebraska get two wins back to back. Yeah, and perfect in time for uh, three three huge games to finish the season for Nebraska with um, Purdue, Iowa, and Minnesota. It'll be an interesting season for Nebraska. Um, moving on, moving on, uh, heading SEC bound and uh, to the Sunshine State, Florida, um, specifically in Gainesville, the Gators. Another monster game from Kyle Trask. Um, his stats have been compared very much so. I've seen recently in the news to like Joe Burrows. Um, he's has kind of been all along considered the fourth quarterback in this draft, at best, behind uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. Uh, some people have him behind Mac Jones as well, which I think is criminal. Um, but yeah, uh, he had a 97.6 QBR. Statistically, according to QBR, his best game of the season. He had six touchdowns, no picks, through 79% for 356 yards. He's now 28 touchdowns, the three picks on the season. And even the game he lost this season, the one and only Gators game he lost, he still threw four touchdowns and no picks. Is Kyle Trask the Joe Burrow story of this year? Different to Joe Burrow, I I don't think he can win a national championship, and I don't think he'll I don't think he'll win the Heisman. I think he'll be a finalist um, for the Heisman, and and I have him as QB three at the moment in college football. I have him ahead of nice. Trey Lance. Um, yeah. I just, I just think you know, I take a lot of stock in competition played. Trey Lance has, Trey Lance has been a player that's done it in against not very good schools, and I watched him play James Madison, and he struggled at parts in that game. So I didn't really believe too much in him. But this game was mad. Like I, I went back and watched it earlier. Like, and it was just big play after big play from both teams. It was, it wasn't nothing methodical about it. It was. Multiple flea flickers from Florida, just throwing the ball downfield. Another thing you forgot to mention, Nick, the return of Felipe Franks to Florida after transferring yeah. to Arkansas. He got booed quite heavily by the Swamp. Um, didn't have a terrible game, um, considering what he had weapon-wise to throw to. Um, yeah. It was a really fun game to watch. That's all I've got to say about it. It was... It was an advert for college football. It was just big plays, ridiculously high score line, all the theatrics you could want. And yeah, Carl Trask is as legit as you can get in college football at the moment. It starts in, I mean, it's, uh, 
I'm I'm with you when you say about you know you value competition. I mean, if you look at the teams Kyle Trask has played, in my opinion, there is I mean, as much as you know, well, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Texas A and M, Missouri, Georgia, Arkansas. In my opinion, there's not one team in there that is just a exhibition game. You know, all of these teams have are in the SEC. They're they're all able to win a game against another decent team in their conference on their day. I mean, um, we look at the lowest ranked team in that South Carolina. They beat Auburn, so and Auburn aren't a terrible team. So, but he's put up consistently devastating numbers in in every game he's played, including against Georgia, where. He had a 97.4 QBR, four touchdowns and a pick against Georgia, who, you know, were the fifth-ranked team or the the fourth-ranked team. I can't remember where they were. So, Kyle Trask is having the best possible year he could have asked for. Um, And teams need to take notice. And teams, you know, Trask is is playing his way to being a top-ten pick, for sure. For sure. No, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, again, I think he might go that way, but I don't. I think that will be reaching. I think if he continues to do this and say he beats Bama in the SEC championship game and gives Florida a shot at the playoff, plays lights out for the rest of the season, bottom of the first maybe would be where he probably should sit. But yeah, yeah, I think top ten pick is massively reaching. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's not, it's no way near the same story as Joe Burrow. Do I think he's a candidate for the Heisman? Yes, I'd probably even go to say that I think he could win the Heisman. But from a, just from what I've been hearing as well, um, I don't think a a number of these sort of teams sort of see him as a, um, as a starting QB in the NFL. So if you're looking at someone who's going to start in the NFL, you're not going to pick him in the top 10 if you don't plan on starting him. Um, they see him as me being more of a sort of a, a, a decent backup. They're saying well, the way his game is in, in college football, the way he sort of you know has these flea flickers and, and throws the ball, they're saying that potentially the game, he needs to speed up his game. Now that can obviously be taught, but at the minute they're saying, the, the way his speed of his game is at the minute, that a lot of defences are going to sort of uh, pick up on that and he may actually struggle in the NFL. So, obviously, you've got to... There are going to be concerns there for him. I don't think it's... It doesn't... You've seen it so many times, you know, college players, you think, yeah, they're going to be massive NFL prospects. It doesn't always guarantee it, does it? So, I think... I, I personally don't see him as a first-round pick, to be honest. I think Trey Lance is ahead of him. I'd put him maybe early second. I think in a weird year, I think quarterbacks that are stepping up and playing and getting fantastic numbers and big conferences, can we, we, know, we know what quarterbacks can do in the draft. I mean, look at the, look at the 2018 draft. Um, uh, and jo- you know, was Josh was Josh Rosen a top ten pick? Yeah, for so. the Cardinals. Well, yeah, he was picked in the top. 10, he was picked in the top ten. But yeah, most people had him as a back end first round, maybe early second round pick. Yet he jumped into the top ten because a team needed a quarterback. 
I, I, I think, think I think if whether Trask is the is the ten, top ten prospect in the NFL uh, in the draft this year is a is a different question. He's definitely not. But we know that quarterbacks never get picked truly where they are, especially the but ones then who. Surely teams are going to learn from that. I mean, look at obviously the Josh Rosen situation, Dwayne Haskins. There's been so many misses now with teams picking these QBs higher. I don't think there's too many teams out there that actually need a QB. I mean, the Packers obviously drafted Jordan Love last year. You've got the Jets. The Giants is a question mark. The Cowboys, question mark. I mean, Washington. How many teams really? Washington. I think there's more teams yeah. this year than there's been in years, in my opinion. I think, I think no. there's plenty of teams. Yeah, there's loads. What? Um, not 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 in years. Not compared to 2018. But, but Broncos. Is, you know, is, Drew, is Drew Locke the franchise quarterback there? I'm not sure. The Bears don't have their situation sorted. Uh, Washington. They don't know what they're doing with quarterbacks. But uh, you've got quarterbacks already in. They're going to pay Dak. So sorry. So if, so if Dallas don't pay Dak, Dak becomes available. A team will take he, Dak. He's got to go somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if the Jets take a quarterback. Do you really give up on Sam Darnold after two years? I think, I think someone will take a punt at Sam Darnold, taking another quarterback who needs to be drafted, and then so that's two teams that are filled. And then you've obviously you've got the two top quarterbacks in the draft class that fills four teams in general. Are you telling me there's more than four teams that are looking for a starting quarterback? There might be, yeah, there might be. Maybe I the mean, Jags. Are the, Patri- are the, Patri- are the Patri- Well, the Jags need a quarterback. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. Go with Jake Luton as their starter for next season. That's I don't think that's going to happen. Um, the Patriots, how how ultimately set on um, Cam are they? I mean, if if they end up if they end up picking in the top ten, do they maybe look at one of these quarterbacks? You never know. I think the Patriots are prime for Sam Darnold. I reckon uh, Jets will take Trevor. Patriots will trade for Sam Darnold, and the rest will be history. That is a good one, to be honest. I like that. And uh, a revenge game every season. <laughs> That'd yeah. be great. That would be great. So, Florida Gators, are they a top four candidate? You, you kind of mentioned no. it, Jason. Alabama. Well, it, does the Ala- is the Alabama game kind of their, their potential passage that's to their, the college championship? That, that's the only end. If, if they can beat Alabama comfortably, not comfortably enough, but... Say they beat Alabama by ten points, mm-hmm. and you know, and Texas A&M is still a good team because that's going to be their only loss. Mm-hmm. Do do they do they get in the playoff? Then I I think they'll they'll be sniffing around, but inevitably I think Bama will be a little bit too good for them in the SEC title game, and they won't. But I think that SEC title game, which I can't see it being anybody else but Bama and Florida. Um, are you only allowed to? Are you, are you only allowed to? One team from the same con- no, you can have two. So, what's the chances that they take Notre Dame's place? If Notre Dame lose again, it's hard, isn't it? After the Clemson win, it depends who they lose. It's to. not even so. So then you got so UNC if they if they yeah, lost if they... UNC, Sam Howell takes them out, maybe. But then, do you look at an unbeaten group of five school like the Bearcats? Cincinnati could steal no. a playoff place from no. a one-loss SEC team. No, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. Rightly or wrongly, they wouldn't but, do that. I still have Texas A&M over Florida just for the fact that they beat them, and I I, I can't see 
I mean, I don't know A and M schedule, but if they don't lose another game, uh, then why would you take? I mean, they've only lost to Alabama. Yeah. So why would you take that position? They have to play of, LSU, uh, Auburn, and Tennessee. The final three games. Yeah, they'll win them. Probably. Auburn, mm. Auburn away might be their their trickiest game. Tennessee are terrible, and LSU are terrible. So, but you're right; they'll probably win all three. Mm. Okay. So, um, sticking with the SEC, as we said, South Carolina, what a messy 72 hours it's been. They lost to Will Miss, 2-5 and five on the season. Um, is it Will Muschamp? He gets the chop, head coach gone. Uh, they're two star quarterbacks, both expected to be, one expected to be potentially first round to second round, one expected to be second or third round to JC Horn and Israel Mukuamu. Both within 24 hours decided to jump ship and go, you know what? We need a car. Ties here. It's going horribly. I'm not going to get myself injured one of these final games in this mess of a team. And that leaves them really susceptible, having to put freshmen in at the DB situation. Um, I'm going to let Tristan take the start of this one because you have such... Yeah. You, I mean, you have su- get such satisfaction from seeing the game cost by actually- crumble. I'm actually really sad, guys. I'm oh, really God. sad about this. What? I must because... have my hot chocolate. I'm, I'm, I'm... Because Will Muschamp was doing such a terrible job at South Carolina, mm. I was hoping they'd keep him. Because oh, now, unfortunately, they, they, have, they have an opportunity to get better. And I don't need that in my life. I, I love the misery around... Yeah, you know. I As much as I don't like South Carolina, and I do get a sense of satisfaction from seeing them not be as good as... It doesn't mean as much when we beat them, mm. when they're not good. I would rather South Carolina, I'd rather dash all their hopes and dreams. I'd rather they be a good SEC team and then have to come into Death Valley and have their dreams taken away. It's just more satisfying as a rival. But no, they need a change. Will Muschamp was brought in, big name coach, to turn that program around after they'd had some good years prior with Lou Holtz. Then Lou Holtz obviously stepped away. That was when the first initial decline of South Carolina started to happen. Will Muschamp was meant to bring them back. Was getting some good recruiting classes. Was doing a good job of holding players in state. Um, to Clemson's annoyance, they'd always get the top player out of South Carolina. But he never really capitalised that into momentum in the SEC. Not since... You know, it's just they've not been good since the days they had Jadavian Clowney, mm. which is a long time ago now. So I think South Carolina have made the right choice. They need to find a coach um, to take them forward. But uh, I think after the Texas A&M game, I was surprised Muschamp hadn't gone then. I thought they were embarrassed in that game. They just didn't look good. And then, yeah, losing to an old Miss team that are really up and down this year. And, you know, Lane Kiffin is still trying to get them playing his style of football. Yeah, it was the straw that broke the campus yeah. back for the game clocks, and that had to be the end. Seven hundred plus yards of offense for a defensive-minded coach—that's like Falcons territory. Mm. Just, that's really bad. But if you had, if you seen the buyout for him, thirteen point two million dollars they've had to pay to take him out of his contract on a in a COVID year—is that not just bonkers? It's almost as bad as wasn't Willie Taggart's at Florida State quite similar? He had a 
massive buyout at Florida State when he got sacked. Um, so yeah, some of these schools will really pay out for it. Yeah, you know, Willie Taggart's was eighteen million. Mm. Um, I don't blame them. There, they've got they've um, South Carolina yeah, something. I, I mean, you look at. I was thinking about this earlier. I know may not play sort of a reason as to why they got rid of him, but just looking at the state of Carolina in general, you've got obviously Clemson, you've got North Carolina, you know, their programs up, you've got coastal Carolina in the top 25. And you just think from their perspective that they would probably be a bit embarrassed as well, being probably the worst, you know, college team in Carolina Mm. at the minute. (laughs) It's good. I know you're, you're spot on. You're spot on. Um, you know, I think with, with Will Muschamp, he, he took them. I say he took them. They went to three bowls the first season. I mean, it, it, does it, it? Should you really be a bowl team if you finish five hundred? That's one of the biggest criticisms in college football. That like you get to a bowl game and you at five hundred, you're clearly not a very good team. So they've only won one and two. They were four and eight last season. Um, gone with the Steve Spurrier days when they actually, you know finished very respectively in the conference and they would barely lose any games. Uh, it's not worked at the end of the day, has it? Um, the Will Muschamp experiment. I mean, what's, what, what, what is his final record as he leave as a, as a coach there? I think it's... Uh, I don't know. I mean, his last three seasons were seven and six, four and eight, and obviously two and five this season. So he's, he, so. Well, he won 28 games and lost. 30. So, under 500 for his career as the Gamecocks head coach for a team that went 11 and mm. two three seasons in a row. Ouch. Mm. Yeah, and then the, the figure you have to look at though, obviously, is losing 11 of the last 14 yeah, as well. That's very true. So, if you break that down even more, that's just bad, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about Penn State as well. This, you know, you know, as a comparison as well. Yeah. These are it's just as bad the record. I would say one thing. Um, who's gone? I was about to say, who do you guys think is going to, you know, have you guys got any suggestions of who might replace Mushchamp at South Carolina? Like, who do you think, have you got any names that stick out to you of um, who might go and take that job? I don't have the foggiest, to be honest, if I'm being. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even know who would want the job at the moment. So it's an interesting one. What what about you, Tristan? Do you have any sort of names? I've seen I've seen a few pop popping around. I'm Hugh Freeze, um, who's currently the Liberty coach, was the coach uh, was the coach at Old Miss, um, but had that massive scandal about paying for what about, players. What about like He's Brent Venables or Tony Elliott from uh, the Clemson camp? I, I was they're always, always mentioned whenever a head coaching job comes up at the moment in a big power five school. Uh, don't see Brent Venables going anywhere, not while his two sons are playing at Clemson. Um, Tony Elliott came out in the media today, said he, well, not today, it was the other day, saying he gets annoyed when a coach loses their job because, one, he's upset for the coach, two, his name always gets brought into it. Um, he again said he's focused on Clemson. So <sighs> I don't think either one of them. Definitely not Brent Venables. If Tony Elliott did take the did, job, did then you see fair did you enough see to what, him? Because the Coastal Carolina head coach, um, Jamie Chadwell, he's like the, 
he's like third oh, yeah. at the moment in like the odds. Did you see what he said about when he got you got asked about the the, the job? He said, yeah. "Right now, my wife, right now, so my wife's wife, gone out of brake light out. Yeah. I'm focused on trying to fix it without getting her upset. I've got bigger issues to worry about." Smiley face because it was sending a text message to uh, Scott Eisberg, uh, a journalist. I love that. I love the smiley face as well. Like, I've got bigger issues to worry about. Smiley emoji. Like clearly, yeah. you just think it's hearsay. But that's funny. That's funny. So what are the what? He just doesn't want to annoy exactly. his wife. That's so what all. are the chinks of light for this South yeah. Carolina team? I don't think you can know that question until you figure out who the next coach is going to be. They've got some talent. They they they've got some youngsters that will you know become something. They've got some pieces there. But I don't think until the end of the season when they hire a new coach and they figure out a plan moving forward, will there be really any source of light? It's yeah, it's 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 tough because unlike the NFL where when you hire a new coach, you can go, oh, free agency, we can fix a few issues. In college football, it's okay. So how many of South Carolina's recruiting class are going to decommit from South Carolina now? How quickly can a new coach? recruit further talent into the program how much of the talent that's already there is going to suit that coach it's mm. when when you when you install a new coach in a college you need again it's a couple of years before you know whether it was a good idea or not so i think i think the best thing they south carolina can do is just find a try and find the best coach possible to you know and i'd, I'd say i'd avoid hugh freeze i don't think I think as much as he had success at Old Miss, I don't think South Carolina need that drama around them. Um, if I was, if I was the athletic director at South Carolina, someone I'd probably look at Billy Napier coaching yeah. at Louisiana. Um, he's been on a lot of lists for a while as just a very good coach, and I think you'd bring him in, let him build a program, and see where One it goes from there. Look out for the with South Carolina. Obviously, in this year's draft, that's not really things for them to look forward to because the players have already decommitted. Uh, and sorry, I committed to go to the NFL draft now. Um, I love Israel Mukawamu. I think he, if he falls into, so if he mm. falls into like day, t- uh, day two, someone I love the Giants to look at. Big bodied six foot four receiver. Um, he's clearly, he's clearly not afraid of playing in big games. You know, he's had a couple of picks this season against LSU and, and against Florida. Um, I, I mean, I, and, and he can move as well. I think he runs in like the four fives for a guy who's six foot four, 200 plus pounds. He's a guy that I really like the look of. Um, but for the future, um, if you're looking at players, got to be Jordan Birch, the defensive tackle um, who committed. This is, yeah, he's the, a freshman right now. Uh, predict, I mean, He's one of these guys who's projected to be a first-round pick in the NFL coming out of high school. He's a, a five-star recruit, 99-5-4. Uh, the second defensive tackle in the nation, eighth best prospect in the country. Um, he's a guy who looks to follow, obviously, the interior D-lineman rather than the edge. But uh, he's a guy that hopefully they can build that defense around for the future. Um, probably a three-year player, hoping to be a first-round pick. Um, but yeah, they've just got to tre- keep trying to recruit the right players, um, and 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 keep commit uh, competing with um with Clemson because they do seem to get 
the odd player, a decent player every year in, in recruitment, don't they? That sort of falls off the side of Clemson's plate. And they they tend to get the best. They're one of the best players in South Carolina normally, and I think it's partly to do with Clemson's such a factory, and they go they go nationwide to recruit. Like Clemson, for the third year in a row now, are going to have a recruit out of California for a school in South Carolina. That's mm. where their reach has become, mm. and I think South Carolina under Mushroom did a good advantage of going and saying to some of these kids in state, actually, they're going nationally to recruit. You can still stay close to home if you want and be the number one player coming in in our class. And I think for you know for some people, that's what keeps them there. Because, yeah, they've always done a good job of recruiting in-state. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and... Ouch, Jordan Burtz didn't... They've even, got a few... Jordan Burtz got an off from Clemson, but didn't even go and visit. He went to LSU, Georgia, Alabama, and South Carolina for his visits instead. Interesting. I think with, I think with Jordan Burtz, the reason he didn't visit Clemson. I think Clemson really offered him because he was you know, he was in-state, but again, he's, he was from Columbia. It was staying home for mm. him that was always going to be important and Clemson were recruiting, you know, at that position very heavily from all over the country. Um, and I think, again, it was another one of these things where um, he probably saw I can stay close to home and be the big fish in this pond yeah. rather than be a little fish in a bigger pond. Yeah, you see it here. Why go to Liverpool or Everton when you can go to Preston? <laughs> well, what was... It's a bad Preston. example. Well, <laughs> if you're going to say Preston, you may as well at least say Burnley because, you know, Turf Moor is my happy place. Neither oh, neither you get that Burnley. reference. Oh, my gosh. Okay, um, no. I'm not going to explain it. Google it yourselves. Um, <laughs> cool. So, moving on. So it's that time again. Uh, we look at some of the key games that happened uh, this weekend in college football. As I said at the top of the show, some of the some of the top teams, Clemson, Alabama, not in action this week. But there were still some absolute doozies of a game uh, all over the country. Uh, starting with, of course, the game between Miami and Virginia Tech. Um, a very, very close affair. Gents, Miami, uh, what, 7-1 and one now or something? Mm-hmm. Good season for them. Yeah, very king. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is a good season. Very unconvincing against Virginia Tech, though. Mm. It was only really in the fourth quarter they decided to um, step up. Virginia Tech could have probably, they were running the ball really well, playing well on defense. Probably should have killed the game in the third quarter, just couldn't. And Miami really left it until the last minute to even turn up. Derek King was trying, but no one else was helping. Eventually got the assistance, and defense made a few crucial plays to keep a minute, but. Yeah, very unconvincing from the Kings. Not King's best rushing day, though, was it? He went 15 yards on 18 carries and averaged 0.8 yards a carry. Did get a one touch- rushing yeah, touchdown, touchdown, didn't he? Yeah. You did, mm. did get a touchdown. Touchdown and 0.8 yards a carry. Yeah, Virginia Tech's front did a good job of containing the edge, not really giving him anywhere to go. He would just 
dance around the pocket a little bit, hoping for some room. And mm. like, yeah, it wasn't a great wasn't a great performance from King. wasn't terrible though at the same time. Mm. But they'll be happy yeah. with the ending. I mean, twenty four thirteen down as well. Like the yeah. comeback is always it's always going to give you a bit of a boost, isn't it? Yeah, and they've Absolutely. got some interesting games. That, you know, Wake Forest, UNC, Georgia Tech. If they have a favourable finish to the season, you could see a, mm. a top ten Canes team once again. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next game on the schedule, USC uh, unconvincing in their first win uh, of the season. They went to Arizona and unconvincing again. Yeah. Um, you know, I was sort of teetering on the edge of saying, yeah, I don't think USC can win the Pac-12 and the Oregon's probably a better team and USC aren't the team that I thought they were. Yeah, USC definitely aren't the team I thought they were. They won the game. Um and they didn't statistically had some really good, you know, some Brown seven catches, yeah. 113 yards. wasn't a bad day. Just it's more. I don't think Arizona are that good, mm. and Arizona kept it close, and that mm. worries me with USC. Yeah. Um, I I think they will pick up one or two losses this year just because their offense is a solid unit, has capability. Mm-hmm. Their defense just can't stop anything. It's, yeah. And I thought their defense would be better. And yeah. it's back-to-back games now where they've kind of won it. I mean, this was the last 25 seconds where they, they managed to just about scrape that win. Um, mm. And even the, last week as well, that it was very similar. So it'll be interesting. I, I still don't think there's too much between them and Oregon, to be honest. Um, but we'll see how it goes. If you are Amon Ross and Brown, do you declare for this year's draft or do you hang back till next year as a senior? What would you do? Ooh, I declare. I declare. Yeah. Well, his, his, his stock has been, you know, going down before he's played a snap this season. But back-to-back 100-yard games to start the season. It's not bad. Not bad at all. I'm sure yeah. you'll probably go day two. Uh, next up. Notre Dame against Boston College. The Fighting Irish roll on with another win. Uh, looked convincing as well, didn't they? Ian Book had a, had a pretty good performance. Mm. It's the second quarter. If you look at... Um, I mean, yeah. obviously watch the game, but if you look at the box score, like the first, third and fourth quarter, they literally matched each other. It's just that second quarter was the massive difference. And that's where the game <laughs> kind of went away from Boston College. Yeah, if you look throughout the rest of that game, Boston College kept it a lot closer than a lot I would have said. If that if Boston College could have carried the way they played for the other three quarters in that second quarter, this would have been a lot closer for a game. Yeah, mm. like the said, they sort of just ran away in the second quarter, it went their way, yeah. and they were able to get enough ahead that Boston College couldn't quite overturn it. But again, Boston College didn't look terrible. Um again against another top ten team, they put up a, a you know, a decent fight. It's yeah, you know, Credit where credit's due, though, that this was Ian Book's best performance of the season. And he exactly, didn't and really this was a sticky game. Wrong. It was a sticky game for them. Like, we literally, a few, I think a few, uh, you know, experts even called Boston College to potentially cause an upset. So, mm. you can't go wrong with, you know, with a, with a Is, victory Isn't like this that. the game that Tristan claimed for Boston College? Yeah, I, I, I thought... Absolutely, I was on the Boston College bandwagon. I thought, I thought they would have got something out of this. I, I thought, not sure I would have a hangover from playing Clemson. Um, I thought Boston College were a good team, and I thought, I thought it would be a little closer than this. But like I say, that second quarter really took it away. But again, another difficult game for next week against UNC. So 
Let's see how that one goes. I feel like I watched a completely different Ian Book in the 11 for 19, 106-yard game against Louisville. Um, because if, as you said, Boston College might have won this game if Ian Book was as pedestrian as he has been in some games. But he was he, he reserved his best game of the season um, for Boston College. So, yeah. difference maker. Yes, indeed. It's that trend again. That, sorry, uh, Tristan. I was just going to say that trend again of us criticising a player, i.e. Bo Nix, yeah. and then all of a sudden they, they come on strong. So, we've done it again. There you go. Sam Howell is a terrible player, then. Sam Howell is a terrible player. <laughs> some good luck for next week. Oh. Uh, Washington, Washington State against Oregon. Both teams were 1-0 at the start of the season. Uh, a great game, high-scoring game, but the Ducks uh, make it back-to-back wins. Tyler Shaw threw four touchdowns and just one pick and went for 89 rush, 81 rushing yards. Uh, Suk, I'm definitely going to reserve this for you. Were you pretty pleased with what you saw of the Ducks or uh, defensively disappointed? First half, they were very poor. Very, very poor. Um, a lot of criticism coming their way and rightly so, to be honest. But like you said, it's only the second game. So you've still got, you know... I was happy with the win, to be honest. That, that's all I can say. I mean, second um, second off, very much improvement. Um, we've got DJ Johnson, our new tight end now. So it's his second game as a tight end and he's got two touchdowns. So that's that's some positive news. Uh, but yeah, defensively, things do need to improve. Um, but I, I can see... I can see that this Washington State team scoring a lot of points against other teams as well. So I'm not overly concerned, if I'm being honest. But I, I like the running game as well. I, I like what they're doing on the run. So with Vidal and Dye, um, I think Dye got a couple of receiving touchdowns as well. So yeah, all in all, uh, we'll take the win and just move on, really. I've got two questions for you. Is is Travis Dye the brother of Troy Dye? I believe he is, yes. The linebacker uh, from last yeah, year. Yeah, he plays for Vikings now, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And my second question is, is the um is that defensive player uh Noah Sewell, is that Penny's brother as well? It is, yeah. <laughs> Family ties at Oregon or I what? Know. I know, tell me about it. I just saw those names on the the sheet and went maybe? Okay. But there's well, not cool. many there's there's not many uh players with the surname Sewell and uh yeah. You just have to take a True. picture of him and you know that's his brother. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't seen what he looks like. Uh, but... No, when you see okay. him, you'll know it's his brother, 100%. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'll have to have a little Google. Uh, moving on to Big Ten football, Michigan against Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin with a bit of a hangover after missing a couple of weeks of football due to COVID outbreak in the team. But they hadn't uh, missed a step, did they? Um, they they didn't I mean Graham Mertz didn't after that fantastic debut game where he threw five touchdowns didn't have to be very good at all for Wisconsin. I mean, he threw 12 for 22, 127 yards yet. Wisconsin put up 49 points. Um, and yeah, no Russia. No, yeah. No Russia individually went over 90 yards. So figure that one out. Um, Rushed by committee, 341 yards from Wisconsin on the ground. Exactly. Crazy. You had four guys between them, 65 yards plus, and four touchdowns between those four guys. Um, Wisconsin are just woeful, aren't they? So Michigan, sorry. Michigan <laughs> are just woeful. I wish Wisconsin yeah. were woeful, but Michigan are woeful, aren't they? 
Milton was taken out, wasn't he? Uh, they put uh, McNamara in, I think, was his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, McNamara came in, looked a lot better, seemed to just get something going. Uh, Wisconsin, though, this was dominance from all aspects. They Their ground game was brilliant. Uh, their defence just didn't really give Michigan any opportunities, really. And Kate, yeah, as much as you know, Cave McNamara came in. It was really only in the third quarter that he got anything done. Um, and I think by that by that point, you know, Wisconsin were up big anyway, and they were just trying to run the clock a bit. They were still just handing the ball off. <sighs> Wisconsin, I think, may be the best team in the conference. Over to the Battle of North Carolina. What a humdinger this was between uh, Sam on Sam action, Sam Hartman, Sam Howell. Uh, if anyone doesn't know Sam Hartman, the quarterback for Wake Forest, yes, indeed, that is the quarterback from the show QB1, um, season three of QB1. Um, I mean, it was both quarterbacks had an absolute day. I mean, let's be fair. Howell, uh, Hartman was 29 for 45, 429 yards and four touchdowns. Howell had 550 yards, six touchdowns and a pick. I don't think either team played defense. Um, I know Daz Newsom, I remember seeing this, he had like 170 yards or something at half time. Um, neither of these teams can play defense, but it was a big comeback by North Carolina. Yeah, massive. Yeah, it was land defense forgot. It was, you know, it was good fun to watch. Um, yeah. If you like watching quarterbacks throw touchdowns. <laughs> but also, credit to the running game, uh, UNC. I think mm. from what I read, they've got the best sort of running attack in college at the minute. Uh, so is it Javonte Williams and I forgot the other guy's name. Is it Carter? Michael or, Carter. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're pulling up a lot of yards as well. So, you know, you know a lot of plaudits are obviously going to go to Howell, but it's, it's also down to, you know, them running the ball as well. But yeah, 45-31 down, weren't they? They were. Uh-huh. The Tigers having quite a nice season, 6-2. and two. Um, Got some tricky games coming up with in the, in the conference, which could go either way. Uh, oh, yeah, Notre Dame, obviously, next. That'll be a good one off there. I want Sam Howell against Ian Book. I'll enjoy seeing that. Yeah. Then they'll have a they'll have a pretty easy game against Western Carolina before that big game at Miami, which I think, again, will be another good one. Um team want to go Colorado Stanford Colorado we was it last week we found out that Colorado were supposed to be the the whipping boys of the conference mm-hmm. yet yeah, they are now 2 and 0 against a team who in my opinion could be the worst team in the conference in Stanford yeah but Colorado they weren't that convincing i mean i think they were 28-9 up at one point and then in the third well, the latter part of the third quarter and then the early fourth quarter, they kind of just almost collapsed. And, you know, had they had probably had a, a bit more time to play. You just don't know because, I mean, it was literally um, Stanford were in it until the very last second. You know, they had a they had a play which they could have potentially tried to, you know, it was their only a field goal away from winning the game. So they have to, very lucky to be honest. I can't claim to see, say I saw an awful lot of this game. I caught some highlights of it, so yeah. I don't quite know how. Literally just let them back in the fourth quarter and um, they got a couple of two-point conversions as well, uh, Stanford did. So, you know, 
I think Colorado would be disappointed at the end of it. But at the end of the day, if you're the two and zero now, so you know, like you said, going from potential whipping boys to two and zero, yeah, you know, it's good. Is David Shaw on the hot seat? Does if this continues at Stanford, does the four-time Pac-12 Coach of the Year find himself looking for a job at the end of the year? So I mean, one, it, it? it doesn't it, it doesn't help when your heralded best quarterback in the nation, five star recruit quarterback Davis Mills, doesn't turn out to be the guy that they hoped him to be. He's a decent quarterback, but he's not going to be a guy who's if he does get drafted, uh, won't be a guy who's drafted in on the first or even the second day of the draft. Um, so it's tough. It's tough because because he, he, they they have to keep playing him because he's a guy that they did backflips over when they managed to convince him to to commit to Stanford, but he didn't play badly. Uh, you know, he was passing was in the sixty percent, three hundred twenty seven yards, one touchdown. But yeah, it's tough when uh, your star quarterback doesn't turn out to be the guy to take the con the, the the uh, school to the next level. And by the way, I watched a bit of this game, watched some of the first half, and I like the look of that Dimitri Stanley, the receiver. Oh, yeah. He's a very tidy player. Um, that was a nice touchdown only... he scored, wasn't it? That I, I'm all right in thinking nice. that, that that run to the right he made. Um, yeah, yeah no, exactly. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. He um, he's only a sophomore, but um, yeah, look, see more of him. And the last game, uh, SMU against Tulsa. Um, I'm not going to lie. This got added to the sheet. I didn't actually check it, but all I know is Tulsa caused a, a really great upset. Yeah. I mean, SMU, obviously a top 25 team. Well, obviously, we, we that remains to be seen when we discuss that later. But Tulsa definitely... Um, was he causing causing an upset? Yeah, again, another game I only really caught highlights of. Um, I wasn't really looking out for SMU Tulsa when mm. I was flicking through the Saturday slate. Yeah. It was one of those things that you caught on the ESPN app on a Sunday. You're like, oh, Tulsa yeah. managed yeah. to pull it. So, I can't really tell you an awful lot yeah. about the game. I mean, looking at Doesn't... the highlights, I mean, they were 28-10 up Tulsa. So, it was, once again, one of them where I think, you know, on another day, SMU would have come back quite easily and, and won this game. They just didn't have a good start and that's obviously cost them big time. So, you know, it's yeah. important to play those four quarters and not just, you know, one or two. And Shane Buscelli's had a very good season, had by mm. far his worst game of the season. Um, QBI never got below 57.8. 37.8 he recorded against Tulsa. He threw 50% of his passes for 200 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Um, so disappointing day for him. Right, we move on to our stars of the week. Um, we've all picked someone that we think has stood out. Uh, Sukdeep, I'm going to start with you, and you've gone quarterback this week. Uh, yeah, one? I've gone for Sam Howell. Uh, I think it's a bit of an obvious one, to be honest. Um, what a game. I mean, you know, a massive comeback. You know, obviously, I know we've already talked about it, the deficit that they had, you know, to come back. And and even just watching, you know, the, the, the game, the highlights, I mean, some of the throws he 
he made, I think there was one touchdown throw he had for 70 plus yards. An amazing, amazing, amazing throw. Um, and he's also obviously took the initiative at the end. So he, he got six touchdowns. They were still behind even after the six touchdowns. So what does he do? He takes his own initiative and runs one in himself for for the touchdown, um, which obviously gives them the, the victory. So um, he's obviously going to be highly regarded. We all know about him, um, you know, and he's going to be talked about obviously a lot next year as well. And he's going to be a very highly regarded draft pick. So uh, in, in in a couple of years' time. So yeah, it's Sam Howell for me um, this week. Yeah, hard to argue that one. Uh, spot on, spot on. Yeah, no, it's he's a clear standout on the uh, on the stat sheet as well as um, pulling off that big win in the uh, state game. Uh, Tristan, staying on offense, you've gone for a running back. Uh, Big Ten, who's your guy? Uh, Yeah, I'm really going to rename my star of the week to running back of the week. I find myself picking more running backs than anywhere else. I've gone for sophomore Tyler Goodson from Iowa. Um, Purely got my star of the week. Had a big, big game in the dismantling of Minnesota for the Hawkeyes. It wasn't even a close game. And the reason it wasn't close, Iowa could just pound the ball down down their throats, really. It was, they had they had sort of no way of stopping the run. Um, you know, 14 carries, 113 yards, two scores. Um, was a really solid performance. And again, caught my eye. I was just what I was watching. I thought I'd give this game a watch just because I had my doubts about Iowa at the start of the year and I hadn't watched much tape on them. And it was just a guy jumped off the screen for me as having a really good game. Very nice. Very nice. So for me, I've gone on the defensive side of the ball and I've gone for a guy who um, he was, there was so much expected of this guy. Um, He was a five-star recruit. He was the number one player in the nation in 2017 um, recruitment class. He was viewed as the biggest possible home run as a future NFL player. He was the number one player in the country in any position. Jalen Phillips, um, when he went to UCLA, and uh, he had injuries. He had an awful moped accident. He wasn't sure if he was going to play football again, especially to a good level. But he transferred this year to uh, Miami. And he had a huge breakout game at Virginia Tech. He took over it. He had two and a half sacks on the interior D-line. He had uh, four and a half tackles for a loss. He was a difference maker. He really was. Um, it was his... Best game in college. It was that was the kind of guy you look at and go, yeah, he could be the best player overall in the country. Um, and for him, it was just an opportunity to get a bit of that feeling back. I think uh, he spoke to some reporters after the game, feeling very emotional. You know, you see, it's it's like we did with this, um, you know, NFL prospects when they, the Jadavian Clowney. That I can't think of a game, but you pick a game in the NFL where you go, that is. That is what the number one overall player in college looks like, but they don't come; they, they come too few and far between. If you're clowny, and so for Phillips, this was one of those moments where if he goes in 2022, 2021, sorry, um, no, 2022, I was right. Um, he might give his stock a bit of improvement, and that's what you want to see. You never want to see guys who have got all the talent in the world and it just it just gets wasted. So Jalen Phillips, two and a half sacks, four and a half tackles for a loss. 
his best career game since being the number one recruited player out of college in 2017. He is my pick. So, uh, take that silence as an opportunity to move on to the AP <laughs> rankings. Uh, I just stunned you all with my Jalen Phillips bomb right there. No, um, just uh, just you telling the story about it and what he went through. Um, did you enjoy did I tell it well? Yeah, no, I was I was just thinking obviously about the opposite spectrum. You know, obviously we talked about Penn State, and you know, I was just thinking how how sort of uh, sad it is, you know, for someone to obviously lose their dream of becoming, you know, an NFL player. So you know, it's it's always good to hear positive stories of of a comeback. So I was that was why I was a bit silent, just taking all that in. Deep <laughs> deep in thought. Yeah, love it. Love it. Um, right, let's look at the look at the AP rankings. I reckon this one will go a lot quicker than last week because nothing's really changed. Off, not too much now. The top eight teams remain exactly in the order they are in. So just reading it down: one Alabama, two Notre Dame, three Ohio State, four Clemson, five Texas A and M, six Florida, seven Cincinnati, and eight BYU. Only three teams out of those eight actually played. Uh, Notre Dame went from seven zero to eight zero with their win over Boston College. Uh, it was Florida um, who went from four and one to five and one after their win against Arkansas, and Cincinnati are now up to seven and zero as they beat. Who did Cincinnati beat? Was it not Houston um, last week? East Carolina. I East Carolina. Yeah, it that wasn't was it. anyone good. No one good. No one good. It was a Friday game, wasn't uh, it? It was. Mm. You're correct. Um, Indiana move up one spot from 10 to 9. They're 4-0 now after beating uh, Michigan State. Actually, a stalemate for Michigan State. When was the last... I mean, there's very rarely a zero in college football these days, is there? But a big goose egg for Michigan State? Makes Indiana's game next week a bit more interesting. They look very good. It does. It does. Uh, Wisconsin, they've moved up from 13 to 10, three spots. They're 2-0 and now after their win. Big win against Michigan. Uh, Oregon, they stay in 11 despite another win on the score sheet against Washington State. Miami, they... I mean, this has got to be the harshest one of the week. Miami moved down three spots despite beating Virginia Tech and going 7-1. and one. Maybe a little bit harsh. I think uh, it's just how unconvincing they looked against Virginia Tech. It's still tough, though, for me. 7-1 and... One and I mean, is, does Wisconsin at two and zero really deserve to be above Miami at seven and one? They dismantled Michigan, and I mean, it was dismantling. They looked brilliant. Like I said, I would say they're the best team in their conference. What Wisconsin? Yeah, I better think, than Ohio State. I think they're a more complete team this year than Ohio State. I Ooh, think yeah. their offense is legit. Their defense is stunning, and I, I just think they're a complete team. I think Ohio State. If you took Justin Fields out of that team, no one there is good. That's fair enough, but I mean, you're saying take out possibly the best quarterback in college football, and then, I mean, fair enough. You might be very right; they're more a complete team, but uh, it's taken out a major factor, taken out arguably the best college college quarterback. Um, but there we go. Um, Georgia, they drop a spot. Didn't play though. Again, mm. four and two Georgia sitting at thirteenth. Uh, Oklahoma State they uh, stay where they are. Again, they didn't play. Uh, 
Coastal Carolina and Marshall are two teams that we've been talking about all season. Um, Marshall won and marked their 50th anniversary of that tragic loss of uh, the majority of the team. They beat Middle Tennessee, uh, marked it in style, 7-0. They're now tied with Coastal Carolina. Clearly, the people who are giving out the points just can't split these two teams, bless them. Um, Iowa State, they remain exactly where they are, 5-2. and two. Oklahoma also, again, 18th. They did not play. Northwestern are the biggest movers this week. They move up to 19 from 23. PTA. People are really starting to see... Uh, Peyton Ramsey and co. as a legit team. They won at Purdue 27-20. Uh, USC remain in 20th uh, despite going 2-0 after that win over Arizona. Liberty are 8-0 and that moves them up one spot. Uh, Liberty, who do they beat this week? Uh, Liberty. Ooh, Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Uh, uh, oh, they beat Western Carolina 15-14. Yeah. West, that dull chestnut of West, Western Carolina. Uh, <laughs> Texas, Texas, they move down a spot. They didn't play. Auburn moved up a spot, but they didn't play. The Raging, the Raging Cajuns, Louis. I love it when Louisiana in the top 25 because I just get to call them the Raging Cajuns. They're maybe the <laughs> best, best team name in college football. I love the Raging Cajuns. They moved up a spot because they won. Um, South Alabama. Alabama, and then there is one new team in the top 25 this week and it's rightfully deserved to Tulsa after knocking off SMU who have fallen completely at the 25 uh, and guess who's place Tulsa took SMU 7-2 uh, and two, they fall out of the AP top 25 to Tulsa um, cool brilliant so we are going to go and have a quick chat about the Discussion topic of the week. Should we cut it there? Yeah. 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 So, discussion topic of the week. Uh, discussion around the Heisman is starting to heat up. Uh, Kyle Trask and Ian Book both being mentioned a little bit uh, in Heisman uh, running. Obviously, going to join the likes of Justin Fields and uh, Trevor Lawrence. So, we'll soon find out in the next sort of six weeks. Uh, or less than six weeks next month, who is the Heisman winner for 2020. But we thought we'd have a look at some of the Heisman winners uh, from yesteryear and see uh, how well they did in the NFL in another round of Hit Miss Meh. Miss Hit Meh. So, I'm going to start back in 2007. The Heisman winner that year was Tim Tebow out of Florida. Um, he wasn't drafted until 2010 when he was taken in the back of the first round by the Denver Broncos. Uh, played for the Jets, practice squads of Patriots and Eagles. Hit, miss, meh, out of Florida. See, this is a tough one for me. You initially want to give it a meh. But I don't know if you can meh a Heisman winner who went in the first round who won a playoff game. It's, it's, he had that really odd, that one year where Tebow magic was an absolute thing. And 
he just had fourth quarter comeback and after fourth mm. quarter comeback. Oh, I just, yeah, it's not a mess for me. I, I think it's going to be a mess. Okay. For me, mess. I mean, this is, and it, this has got to be one of the biggest misses. The guy played in the NFL for how long? Three, three years, four years. He won a playoff um, game. I mean, took a team. A lot of guys have won a playoff. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to mark this harshly, we're talking about the Heisman Award as not being like the number one. When we did the number one recruit out of high school, we're talking about someone who Heisman's tend to then go in the first round. That's what Heisman's tend to do. Yeah. So. To me, it's it's got to be a miss. The guy was out the NFL as as a starter. You I mean he, he went in the first round, and the Broncos didn't even keep him for his entire rookie contract. No, it's got to be a miss, right? It's a miss Suk, for me. You're, you... It's a miss for me. Um, yeah, that one year he had with the Broncos. I mean that that playoff run. I think was it against the Steelers? Yeah, that it game, was first was place. Over magic. Yeah, it was magic. But at the same time, when you're evaluating a, a player's career. I mean, the guy's playing baseball now, for God's sakes, and not doing a good job of that. So, uh, he how how can you say he's how can you say anything but a miss? Yeah, it's got to be. It, it, so, um, yeah, we'll definitely do it. Whatever the majority say goes, um, but you can hold on to that, man, Tristan. I you will. hold on to I it. Will. Um, 2008 Heisman winner was Sam Bradford out of Oklahoma. He didn't go in the draft until 2010. Um, so, obviously, he came back, played in 2009, and then went in the draft the next season. Um, he went to the St. Louis Rams, played his entire rookie contract there, then went to the Eagles, went to the Vikings, Cardinals. So, had eight, nine years in the league. Was the number one overall pick. Souk, is Sam Bradford a miss, hit or meh? Uh, meh for me. Um yeah, he's had a number of years in the NFL, but I remember when he was coming out in the draft and, you know, all the talk of him was, you know, he was getting a lot of hype, to be honest, a lot of hype. Um, and it's obviously injuries, unfortunately, has been the main issue for him, hasn't it? You know, he's never really got yeah. over his injury problems. Um, so I think, you know, when he's been on the field, he hasn't been bad. I mean, just looking up at his stats now, he's had 103 touchdowns, you know, 61 interceptions, so passer rating 84.5. Yeah. So he's not been half bad, you know, mediocre, but at the same time, those injury problems have really cost him. So I can't really say he's a miss, but I can't say he's been a hit either. So, meh for me. For me, uh, I think meh is the fairest thing to do. I don't think he's ever shown in one season that he could be a hit. I don't think a single season. I mean, his best season was his third season where he played every single game through 21 touchdowns and 13 picks, but he still didn't throw over 60% completion. Uh, his passer rating was 82.6, which is not, not probably not even quite middle of the league. Um, he's a, he's lost 21 fumbles in his career, which is quite a lot considering he's played 83 games. Wow. Um, so, yeah. And he's had actually he's had fifty fumbles in his career, so eighty-three games, and he's fumbled it fifty times, lost twenty-one of them. Um, you'll get you'll get a meh for me, but if anything, it's not a category. But if I had to say between a 
is he closer to a hit or closer to a miss? He's a meh with closer to a miss for me. Mm-hmm. Tristan? Yeah, I think I think he's tough to evaluate because he always had injury problems and how much did that stop his development as a quarterback? Because he had the tools coming out of Oklahoma and, you know, everyone expected big things. He just couldn't stay healthy. Uh, yeah, I'm meh with this one. I, You would want to, you sort of could put it as a miss, but I think the only reason he didn't pan out is probably because of injury and I think it would be a bit harsh yeah. to say it's a miss. Tristan, can I ask, yeah. is he, a, who's had the better, who's the better mayor than Tebow or Bradford? From your perspective, obviously giving them both mayors. <laughs> now, it depends. Um, I think as a, a football player, Bradford was always going to be the better player. But I think Tebow's the better mayor because if even with his short career, he did more than Bradford could have dreamed of. Okay, fair enough. That's a good answer, to be honest. I really felt the empathy in your voice, Tristan, when you were talking about Sam Bradford. I really like... like I, I don't know why. But you... I like Sam Bradford. I went back and watched old Oklahoma tape and thought he was wicked. I felt really bad when I watched how his career panned out. We're following the trend of Tebow and Bradford both winning the Heisman in their sophomore year. Another sophomore uh, Heisman winner, uh, although he did only get um, 46.9% of the, the votes... So not as anywhere near as unanimous as Bradford and Tebow was. But it wasn't a quarterback. It was a running back. And it was Mark Ingram Jr. Mark Ingram would be a 28th overall pick uh, out of Alabama to the New Orleans Saints and played uh, seven years there before going to the Ravens. He's a three-time pro bowler. Uh, Tristan Ingram. Hit. Hit, miss, meh. Hit. I think three-time pro bowler, constant back in the league. Um played on some good teams, hangs around. I think, yeah, it's got to be a hit. It's, it's not, he's not a superstar, but he's a star. So I think, yeah, hit yeah. is the most sensible one to put him under. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You said it exactly the way I would. He's he's not a major hit, but he's had a very nice career. Mm. And he definitely doesn't deserve the disgrace of a meh categorization. <laughs> He does not believe deserve to be in the Sam Bradford team boat, Tim Tebow conversation. Yeah, he's had nine thousand yards from scrimmage, um, or just over nine thousand yards from scrimmage now in his career. Um, almost a two thousand yard receive guy, receiver guy, and about just shy of seven and a half thousand rushing yards. Very nice career. Um, spread out his uh, Pro Bowls as well: oh. 2014, 17, and nineteen. And he looked to have a real career resurgence last year when he went to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy who doesn't seem to be letting up too much. Right. He still has a job to do with the NFL. Yeah. Suk? Yeah, was, this one was actually not a... I mean, I've given it a hit, but I wasn't entirely convinced. But what sort of sealed the deal? Now, I won't sort of mention this other player's name, but there's another player that we're going to be talking about later on. And I was doing a bit of a comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought... If my decision on the other player is this, then surely I have to do this. So I'm going for a hit, um, but I'm going to go for a low-level hit. Does that make if that makes sense? So yes, yeah, he's had a, he's had three pole Pro Bowls, um, and he's had. I mean, they've been varied as well, so they're not exactly been back to back. He's had them in like, you know, within sort of two, three seasons of each other, each different Pro Bowl. So. Yeah, I think overall he's had a good career. Obviously, now at the minute, he's not really 
involved too much in that offense, but obviously with Lamar Jackson, you know, what do you expect? Um, mm-hmm. It's just just one of those things. But yeah, I'd say a low hit for me. So you're, you're saying, Sook, that your hit's a bit more of a bunt to use a baseball reference. Yeah, I'd say that's a very good way of putting it. As long as he gets on base bunt, not like a sack bunt. Um, okay, so back to quarterbacks. A junior this time, and 2010 was the year of Cam and Cam Newton at Auburn. Uh, Newton had 81% of the votes. He was the first overall pick unanimously. He was a 2015 uh, NFL MVP. And, and all pro the same season. He was a three-time pro bowler. He was also the NFL Rookie of the Year. Um, played his entire career at the Panthers before they cut him, and now he's on the Patriots. Um, I'm going to go first. Uh, I am going to give him a hit. But I think one thing to be careful with Cam is not getting wrapped up too much in nostalgia. Because, yes, he was a pro bowler three times, in 2015, he was outstanding. But we saw a legit best quarterback in the league once with Cam. He didn't create a dynasty for himself. Um, and so he is, to me, a a mid-level hit at best. I might be a harsh marker because um, he did take them... Um, to Super Bowl, right? He's been an MVP um, as well, um, hasn't he? Yeah. What a Super Bowl? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The 2015 yeah. season where we had Super Cam, but he hasn't. You know, if we're talking Patrick Mahomes didn't win it, win it. Um, Patrick Mahomes had a better career already than Cam Newton has, um, and Patrick Mahomes has only played what four, three, four seasons, um, because Cam had one amazing season. I think Mahomes has already had two amazing seasons. Um, where he's clearly shown he's one of the best in the NFL. Um, and Cam declined quickly. I mean, we haven't seen a great Cam in the last three years. We've seen a average to poor Cam. And even now, I don't think he's doing very well at the Patriots, in my honest opinion. Um, I think he's struggling. So, yes, injuries have affected him. But to me, he's mid-level hit at best. I totally agree with you, Nick. I think, I think injuries dampened his career I think he might have been a bit more of a quarterback and maybe still be at Carolina as a constant playoff quarterback if he hadn't have suffered those injuries um, but yeah mid-level hit for me as well I agree above a mid-level hit to me is is arguably a Hall of Famer and I don't think there'll be any Hall of Fame conversation around Cam Newton no no I, I agree but I, I, I'd say mid-level hit but I'm um... I do think you guys are being underestimating the fact that, okay, one season, but to be the best in the NFL, even for just one season, it's quite a big achievement. You know, look at the quarterbacks he was contending with that season. You know, I think he deserves a lot of praise for that. You know, just being an MVP, that's not, shouldn't be taken lightly, you know, regardless of whether it's one season. You know, would you say the same for Matt Ryan? You know, I, I don't know, but I, I, pers- I think Matt Ryan's been a bit more consistent. Yeah, I, I get that. I get though. that, but obviously, you know, I, I see your I, point. he's, he's I get still your point. been around for a while, and he's he's still playing. You know, unlike you know, obviously, Mr. Bradford, who we mentioned earlier. Yeah. So, uh, for me, I'd yep. say yeah, mid hit, but 
I'd, I'd, I'd like to give him a bit more praise. And this is me being a Bucks fan. You know, come on, I, I, should, I, should, I should be, <laughs> I should be hating the guy. <laughs> and this is the thing is, this is like the, uh, I won't get into it, but I got an argument about Russell Westbrook and basketball, multi-time MVP, and I don't think he's the elite of the elite or has been the elite of the elite, despite being the best player in the league before. Um, so I'm definitely not the right guy to talk about that kind of thing. But moving on to 2011, quarterback Robert Griffin III out of Baylor, the junior. He was selected second overall in the draft. Uh, played for the Washington was Redskins, Cleveland Browns for a year, and now has been the backup to Lamar in Baltimore since 2018. Um, this is a really sad miss uh, for me. I don't even think Matt is fair because he just hasn't played. He's been a backup. He hasn't really played games in the league. I think he I think Matt because I still think that he's probably better than your average backup quarterback. The way I but injuries man just decimate his career. I was about to say I'm going to give him a mare. If he hadn't have got that injury and been rushed back into that playoff game against was it Seattle where he ended up doing a bit more damage mm. to it. If he had sat that playoff game and recovered do you think RG3 would have... I still think RG3 would have been a better quarterback than he is now. I'm not saying he'd be elite or even have won lots, you know, but I think for a mobile quarterback like him, that injury just devastated his career. And I'm going to put him in there purely because of that. I I think he's mm-hmm. like Sam Bradford, an injury cost a career. And I can't... If it's an injury that cost a career, I can't call that a miss because you can't predict an injury. Mm-hmm. I think you have to give it a mare because he gave... Uh, Tebow were there at the end of the day. He's had a playoff run as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so did I get you? I gave him a miss, didn't I, Tebow? Yeah. So yeah, I can give him a miss, right? No, you can. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, would, I can't. I'm Tristan, I, I, I would have been all over to. that. Yeah, you're not allowed to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, um, I've got to give it a miss. Uh, if I'm being honest, so just. I still remember that playoff game. I just remember him getting sacked and just being on the floor and he, he just looking like he just couldn't get up for love nor money. And yeah, it's yeah. it's a sad it's sad because that one season. I mean, we everyone was just RG free, RG free. I think he was the whole NFL world was just all over him, weren't they? At that point, and it is sad given where yeah. his career is now. But even that know, season uh, at Baylor, that final year he had at Baylor. It was, that was my early doors of getting into college football. And I still don't think I've been entertained as much by a college quarterback than I was that last year at Baylor by RG3. It was just electric. Mm. Well, we've, uh, Suk and I have sided on um, Miss. You've been more conservative and nicer to these guys with the mayor. We now need to turn our attention to the freshman quarterback phenom. Uh, in 2012, who got 70, almost 73 percent of the votes, Texas A&M star quarterback, who then obviously went to um, in the first round of the NFL draft, 22nd overall pick, Johnny Football. Um, never played an NFL. No, did he? He did play an NFL. Sorry, yeah. he did play an NFL snap. Started. He played. He played a little bit. Was it? Yeah, he played. Um, he played eight games uh, as a starter in his career for Cleveland, threw seven touchdowns and seven picks. 
and soon ended up in the Canadian Football League. Can we all just all at the same time just go miss miss, miss. and move yeah. on? Yeah, yeah. Don't miss. need to discuss Johnny Thank Football you. anymore. That one, that that requires nothing. Johnny Football um, is now Johnny Johnny not playing Johnny football. Selling insurance. Uh-huh. What, he's actually what he's um, selling insurance now. Oh, is he? He's quite good at it, good supposedly. On good on him. <laughs> we found something he's good at then. Um, 20... oh, gosh. <laughs> 2013, there was another freshman quarterback, um, famous Jameis out of Florida <laughs> State. Um, this is ooh, this is going to be an interesting one to discuss. Yeah. Um, went number one overall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who didn't pick up his uh, pick up his fifth year deal? Um, let him go, and now he's backing at the Saints. Although he probably will be starting for the Saints now with Priest being out. Uh, famous Jameis Suk, what do you give him? I'm still conflicted, to be honest. Um, it's a difficult one because there were times when he was at the Bucks that. I really, really enjoyed him play, you know, watching him play. Um, he had one Pro Bowl back in 2015. Um, what about that? You know, so he he has played at a somewhat decent level. Um, he was, don't forget, he was a passing yards uh, leader last year as well, albeit throwing 30 interceptions as well. For me... It's hard. It's hard. I'm going to say a meh, mm. but upward trending. But at the end of the day, if he can, if he can do something with the Saints, then I could be talking. We could change that next year, maybe. Not that I want him to, though. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I'm going to give him uh, a meh, but maybe uh, slightly above average meh. Because, I mean, the guy could throw touchdowns. I mean, he, but he could also throw picks. Um, you know, throwing touchdowns and making big throws has never been his problem. He's just turned the ball over too many times. Um, and so I like, I like his ability to, because he, I mean, yards was never a problem of his, was it? Um, he could rack up the yards no, in a game. It's just turning the ball over. So it was. Tampa Bay were locked into a constant battle with him um, of whether they were going to believe in him or not. And yeah, I think he he definitely makes one of the best backups in the NFL, for sure. It's not bad to lean on Jameis Winston as your backup, ready to play at a moment's notice. So yeah, an upward trending meh from me. Tristan? Uh Upward trending miss from me. Ooh. Like he's just on the. You're end. just going to be controversial. The, the way, the way I'm looking at this is you pick a quarterback first. Wow. You pick a quarterback first over completely change the fortunes of a franchise. They're meant to be the messiah. They're meant to make things better. Until Tom Brady got there, were the Bucks any better with Jameis than they were before Jameis? And I don't think he improved them at all. He flared. He flared all the natural ability. Absolutely. He. Put yards upon yards, but again, he, he most interceptions in a single season. I just think that where he was taken, 
and the sort of what you expect from that. And and I'm saying, Miss, it's he's upward trending. It's on the edge of a mare. And I'm hoping that he does something with his career as comes in, a bit like Teddy Bridgewater did for the Saints. Comes in, shows as a backup that he has the talent there. Maybe he gets a starting job and, you know, moves forward. I'm not, I'm not, so, this is a miss right off. I just, I don't think you can call him a mare just from where his career has been up to this point. But, but you can give it to Sam Bradford, who's a first round pick. Again, I've, I've, I, Jameis hasn't had a serious inj- injury that has completely changed his career. Sorry. Jameis has just played bad games of That's football. Just me opening the popcorn. Sorry. <laughs> Keep going, uh, keep going. He has, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i just saying with the Bucks quarterbacks, he has made them better. Because we had Mike Glennon and we had Josh Freeman. So I'm not saying that that's, uh, he's massively made them better, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say he has been a... So he took them from being them having a number one pick to when did they, so Devin White was the last draft pick of the Jameis Winston era. Was that the fifth overall pick? So you've improved yeah. four draft picks in the four years that you had Jameis. But we can't always put it on him. As you said, he got us a lot of points. It was also down to our defence as well. So you can't really put all the onus on him on that one. I'll put it on him when he puts the ball in opposition hands 30 times a season. <laughs> 30 touchdowns. Oh, right. I'm to stop. I'm gonna... <laughs> Why am I defending Jameis? I'm going to have to stop. <laughs> I could listen to this all day, but I'm going to have to stop it there as much as I really don't want to. Um, 2014, the most unanimous Heisman pick until 2019. Um, since it was Reggie Bush in 2005, 2006 is 2018. This is the most unanimous one. Marcus Mariota out of Oregon was the second overall pick in the draft for the Tennessee Titans. Oh. Now finds himself the Las Vegas Raiders as the backup. Uh, t- third string. Third string behind who? Nate oh, Peterman. Sh- Nate Peterman legitimately... No. Wow. Peterman legitimately stays at... Marcus Mariota has been a healthy scratch for the last three weeks. Peterman's been the backup. B.A., what is Gruden on? That is crazy. Um, Gruden loves Nate Peterman. Gruden he's loves the him. only person who does, apart from his mum. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> Mariota is to me a a meh, but lower than Jameis Winston. Because I expected more from Mariota, yeah. because I thought Mariota's junior year was fantastic. And he looked like everything you'd want in a franchise quarterback. Um, but he really disappointed. Um his QPI every season was actually so his passer rating actually was was pretty decent, even though his stats and touchdowns and interceptions were relatively low. Obviously, his, his second season um, with Tennessee was very good, um, and he took them to the playoffs twice. And obviously, in the playoffs, he actually in the twenty seventeen season he did all right. But yeah, he took them twice to the playoffs in his Tennessee career. Um, which I know love, Tristan loves to judge by how good a player is and how many times he takes him to the playoffs, a.k.a. Tim Tebow. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's a meh for me. Um, maybe a slightly lower meh than Jameis, but it's a meh for me. Tristan? Uh, for me, it's almost like Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota are holding arms and they're about to try and... like. 
swap positions because I would say Mariota is a massively downtrending mare because, again, he he improved Tennessee's fortunes for a little while and looked like he could push them onto the next level and then it's collapsed for him getting benched for Ryan Tannehill. Like, that career trajectory is going into miss. Yeah. Very, very but what's, what's quickly, he... but it's not quite there. Yet. I love this. So you've got him as a low meh, and you've got Winston as a high miss. But they're literally Where then nigh on neck and neck. And I'm purely my my reason for having Mario a slightly higher is again, I think for a small margin of time, he massively improved the fortunes of the Tennessee Titans franchise, gave them something mm-hmm. to build on, and then it fell apart. I don't think Jameis ever got okay. to that point. Zook. Uh, for me, it's a meh, and as I say, it's a, I agree with you, Nick, it's a lower meh than uh, what Jameis is. Mariota, like you said, at the minute, a lot of people even forget he's in the league, to be honest, mm. um, whereas Jameis is still in the league um, and is still sort of upward trending compared to what Mariota is at the minute. Um, disappointing, because obviously that, that particular draft... Um, it could have gone either way with Winston and Maria. Um, I mean, we'll literally talk of, you know, books going either way. Um, and obviously both of those uh, players haven't really panned out in the way we thought we would. So, no. yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a shame because Mario is such a, a nice guy as well. You know, he, he says all the right things. Um, Great character, you know, compared to Winston, for example, he's a much better character than Winston, more likable person. Um, yeah, so he it's a shame as well. He's trying to eat his fingers, and uh, he's not been in the news for anything. Uh, well, we won't go into obviously the Winston stuff, but it's all been well documented yeah. in terms of how you know the way he's been. Um, so Marriott has always kept himself clean out of the news, and you yeah. know he's one of those characters you kind of want to root for as well. So maybe that's what's playing in Tristan's head as well, being the character issue as well. I don't know only Tristan can speak for that, but I think that's it. Yeah, maybe part of it is character. Like Like I say, I think Winston's trend is more positive than Mariota's. I don't think there was a lot between the two of them. Um, For me, it was just a couple of factors for the time being. I think, like I say, if Jameis does something with his time at the Saints and Mariota can't seem to get a snap with the Raiders, be surprised if he's there next year, then he's out of the league and then that trajectory yeah, yeah. massively goes towards miss. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So, 2015, we'll have to run through I'm really enjoying this uh, It is fun, mm. isn't it? We really should have done this as a whole thing. Um, Derek Henry... The running back at Alabama is the junior, oh. won the award. He's been the Titans ever since. Only just got to the Pro Bowl for the first time in his career yeah. last season. Um, and, yeah, um, his career stats keep getting better and better. And arguably, he may be the best running back in football this season. Mm. Is Henry a miss, hit or miss? For me, he's a hit. And the player I was talking about when I was talking about Mark Ingram, I was thinking of Derrick Henry because I'm thinking if I if I don't give um, Mark Ingram, almost call him Mark Henry then, as in the wrestler, <laughs> if I if I didn't give Mark Ingram a hit, then I'd be quite a hypocrite to uh, say Derrick Henry's a hit because for me, Derrick Henry is a hit. Um, so. Yeah. 
I'd have to put him lower than Mark Ingram, though, just for the fact that he's only had one Pro Bowl. He's trending upwards, like you said. You know, he's uh, if he can yeah. the way he's going on, and he continues this for another two, three seasons, he's he's going to yeah. be a massive hit. Uh, but the minute all, all you know, yeah, no, I I agree completely with you, Sukdeep. All I all I say is he is trending upwards. You talk playoff games. He he was the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs last season. Oh, yeah. um, he starts getting better every season. He's he's growing from a high level, maybe a high level, but he didn't start games for high level meh to a low level hit to probably a medium hit right now and trending up mm. towards a. Where was he hit. drafted again? Was he like he, he, he was drafted? He, he was drafted forty uh, fifth in yeah. the second round. Um, I've got him low-level hit, just come out of Mare, because I would have had him at the top of Mare come the end of last season, because it was really, he was just starting to establish himself um, as a back. Mm. Could he carry it on? Looks like absolutely he can carry it on this season, focal point of the Titans' offense. Low-level trending hit, but like I say, at the moment he's trending upwards. If he can continue this, then you start to get into mid-level hit territory. Yeah, people people forget that last season, like... The beginning of last season, talk was of him being replaced at the Titans, really, and him being a, a bit of a failure, wasn't there? So, mm. you know, it, yeah. times just change very quickly. Right. A lot of quarterbacks to fire through now. 2016, the sophomore Louisville quarterback, Lamar Jackson, won the Heisman. He ended up going as the last pick in the first round in 2018. This is his third year, but of course, last year was. Pro Bowl, first team all pro, passing touchdowns leader, and MVP. Um, easy one, this for everybody. He's a hit. Um, probably minimum of a mid level hit. Um, although he won an MVP in his first two seasons. So surely he's mid level, trend, maybe trending towards high level hit, right? Mid well, mid level with stock wobbling. I I've just I've watched him this this year. I don't see the Lamar Jackson that I saw last year at all. No. I see a shell of that player. Still a good quarterback. Just I I, I think mid level hit, and that stock is wobbling at the moment. He might turn mm. it around, but he isn't impressing me as much as he did last year. So, what did you guys remind? What did you guys say about Cam Newton? I had it as a hit. Yeah. Uh, I am as a, a, a hit, but a low level, low level hit. hit. So, Lamar Jackson has been MVP. He, he's not taken his team to the Super Bowl. And he's already at the stage now in his career where we're sort of questioning his ability, you know, in the terms of sort of the passing game. Cam Newton had arguably, you know, multiple decent seasons, you know, at the Panthers. And we're already talking about, you know, Lamar, you well, know. I, I asked, well, I'm, Tristan might be, I'm not. Um, yeah, we're not quite seeing the Lamar Jackson of last mm. season, but Lamar Jackson was the MVP in his second season. You know, that's what I want to stress. And even still, his stats this season of 10 touchdowns and two picks, yeah, he's not throwing a ton of touchdowns, but he's not showing, to, I mean, still rushing yards. Um What's he got? He's got like 346, and he's still clearly the best rusher in the game. That's not. I was about to say, you're about to undersell Kyler Murray, who 
I think is yeah, Lamar Jackson go. to me is a poor man's Kyler Murray. Yeah, Kyler does it makes it so easy. I mean, the way it's, it's... but Lamar wasn't the first overall pick in the no, draft no. like Cam was. There's a lot more expectation. Mm-hmm. You you pick first overall. You have to, that guy has to be a home mm-hmm. run. And if you take a guy first overall, he has to be a home run. If you take a guy the last pick in the draft, which you traded down for and traded and already got players in that first round, they got him on the cheap, Lamar Jackson. They really did. They 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 could have they wanted him all along, yet wouldn't pay a twenty fifth pick for him. They wouldn't pay anything more than the last pick in the first round. So. I think you also have to look at how much they cost, what their effectiveness is. I yeah. think that's something that you've got to take into account. Just like Russell Wilson is is even better because of where he was picked. Tom Brady is even better because of where he was picked. It makes the value incredible. So, yeah, Lamar Jackson won the MVP in his second season. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, he could still win a Super Bowl this season. I'm serious. The Ravens are a good team. Yes, the They've had, you know, their, their doubts, but they could be in an AFC Championship mm. game. And that's why possibly. I sort of say stock wobbling, because at the moment it's 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 like he's on a seesaw and he's tipping down towards the ground, but any minute now yeah. the seesaw could change and he could be yeah. And I think, yeah, yeah, taking into account of his age. And, and, I, and again, that's why I've sort of got him where it is. Like, he had that spectacular year last year. I need to, with Cam, I put him, Mid-level miss, middle hit. Sorry, because we did see a stretch of years where he was very, very good. I just need to see the same stretch from Lamar. He may even surpass what Cam ever did. Just sample size is a bit too small. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. So, 2017, a senior won it, which doesn't happen very often these days. Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma. Uh, he went first overall to the Cleveland Browns. Um. He's thrown 64 touchdowns to 42 picks. Um, I'm going to go, and I'm just going to very briefly just say, meh. He's not a miss. Maybe first overall compared to what he could have done. His rookie season was fantastic. His second year was very poor. His third year so far has been all right. So for the first overall pick, for in my opinion, a one and a half good years to one and a half bad years, He's a meh for me. He's a meh for me as well, but his stats are very similar in the second and first year, apart from the interceptions. But everything else... Yeah, well, that... that which is, which is no, a key No, I get factor. it, I get it, but I'm just saying, like, there wasn't that much of a difference in his sort of playing ability. So, But he is a meh for me. He's a, he, he's a he, middle meh. Yeah. I mean, he... he, he, he... He threw five more touchdowns and seven less picks. He threw one touchdown more than going one for one on touchdowns and picks. You know, he threw under 60%. He threw for about the same amount of yards, but it's going to help when you've got Odell Beckham Jr. on your team. So, for the, all the weapons that he has, you've got to be doing better yeah. if you're the first overall is this pick. Baker's, I was to say, is this Baker's Lincoln's third off. or fourth season? Third. third season. Again, for now, I've got him in mare trending downwards. The way, and, yeah, and I'm going to go back to the point I was making about Jameis. I say if if the Browns pick up his fifth-year option or decide to decline it, depending on how his play is next season, I think if the Browns are debating yeah. not taking Baker Mayfield moving forward and they're in the same position as they were prior to Baker, then you've got to be like it's got to be like Jameis at that point. 
it would be a miss from a first overall pick because again, like Nick said, meant to be home runs. I, I, so I think yeah, I'm trending. I, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you this though. I think with Baker to finish Baker off, I don't think there's any quarterback who has a more important seven game plus playoffs potential than Baker Mayfield because, as we said, great rookie season with the Browns still not winning very many games. Last season was very poor. This year, the Browns have the chance to make the playoffs. They've got they've got the players for it. You know, they've got some real huge players in that team. This is when the Browns decide if they think Baker's the man. They don't do it in the fourth year. You do it in the third year. And so it, I think it all depends on how Baker and the Browns finish the season to decide whether they think he's going to be a hit or he's going to be I a I think niche. the only thing is it's that AFC North. You've got Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers going on what's probably going to be maybe Big Ben's victory retirement lap of going for one last title before he hangs it up and then fair enough. You've got Lamar Jackson there. Yeah. It's going to be... and The AFC is tough this year. There are a number of good teams two, and two. I think Baker will struggle to make the playoffs. I, ju- I think there are teams that will just... There's going to be tiebreakers. For instance, I think my Las Vegas Raiders will beat the Browns to the playoffs because I think we'll finish on similar records and we'll have a tiebreaker. Got Dolphins as well. Dolph, got Dolphins. It's I true. think Baker yeah. will struggle. And I think the Browns front office might give him that fourth year and go, right, last year, COVID year, was all a bit weird. Everyone was really competitive. Can he take that next step? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, okay, so two left. Uh, 2018 was the year of Kyler Murray from Oklahoma, the junior. He went number one overall at the Cardinals. He won Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2019. Uh, he, with uh, 20 touchdowns to 12 picks, also um, four rushing touchdowns. This year, he has 17 touchdowns to eight picks, better passer rating. He has 10 rushing touchdowns. Uh what are we saying about Kyler Murray? I think, I think Kyler, I think Kyler still needs to clean up, in my opinion, some of the picks he throws. I don't like that, um, but I think it typifies he has huge big game potential he's, with that throw against the Bills and his performance he's, against the Bills. Say, Matt and Hit are aligned. Like he waves for me, he sits in there. He'll do something like throw that touchdown against the Bills, which will put him into hit. He'll throw a dodgy pick, and then it will come back down. Like he's, for me, he's flip flopping across that line. And again, it's only his second year in the league, but he's showing so much yeah. potential. And the Cards are a different team because of him. Their offense has a different mm-hmm. identity. You know, their defense are a lot more yeah. confident. They believe in Kyler. I, I think by again looking at. By the end of Kyler's rookie contract, will the Cardinals be a playoff team with the current trajectory? I think they will be. I think Kyler's going to change yeah, them. And, I think, be. and that's why, for me, Definitely. he's meh going into hit, but again, that size is too small. He's a high-level he's a, he's a high yeah, for me with trajectory yeah. upwards. No, I agree. It's too, Shoot, it's too early to, um, for us to sort of have that discussion because, you know, like you said, we... At the minute, he's trending upwards, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, we'll only know after an, another year or two, you know, where 
he sits. If you want me to sort of make a prediction, I think he's going to be uh, hit overall. Um, but when we're, when we're talking about it in a few years' time. Yeah. And so to the final pick, the most unanimous Heisman winner of all time, Joe Burrow, LSU, senior. Um, we're literally just going to judge it extremely quickly, and I stress that, on uh, his start with the Bengals. Um, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a, a meh trending upwards. I think he's been good, and I just think he has a bad 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 team. Um, you talk about whether a quarterback can completely change a team. You can. Um, he has eleven touchdowns and five picks. He's at ninety one point four passer rating. I think we always risked with Burrow that would he really be the guy he was in his senior year at LSU because obviously we never saw that before in him you know is it going to is that bubble going to burst but i think he's done well to not let it burst too much he's not been the you know instant mvp contender that some people may have thought he could be but yeah i'm going to say he is a meh with trending upwards but not on the Kyler Murray level mm-hmm. yet uh, no, I, I agree. I was just going to hmm? say I agree with you, Nick. Uh, you know, like I said, he's uh, he's trending up. You just have to look at what the Bengals were last season compared to this season. I know the Bengals aren't anything special, but they were really, really even worse than they were this. You know, this year, last year. So you just got to see that sort of comparison to know that you know he is going to have an impact in the future for them. But yeah, for me, it's a it's a meh. But obviously, once again, too early to judge. Brilliant. Just anything to add before we jump on to look at the scores? No, no, not really. I think, yeah, middle of the road, meh, trending up. Yeah. Okay. Well, gents, that's we could have spent like hours on that, couldn't we? Because it is a really fun one to do. Uh, And now it's kind of like when you watch your favorite TV series, and you're like, oh, it's finished now. Like we realize we can't do this again. Maybe in 10 years' time. Um, (laughs) Right. Okay. So, uh, we now look ahead to next week's schedule uh, and some of the big games to look out for. So, I'm going to give you a run of some of the games that are involving top 25 teams. And we'll start with uh, a game at the Chapman Stadium. Tulane go to Tulsa. Uh, I love starting with a top 25 game of Tulane-Tulsa. Who would have believed that? Tulsa are obviously back in the top, into the top 25 now after that shock win against SMU. Um, Tulsa 6.5 point mm. favourites. Yeah. Uh, I would say that's about right. Um, you guys agree? Yeah. 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 Uh, Pac-12, Oregon yeah, against UCLA. Oregon 13.5 point favourites. Again, yeah. These all sound pretty spot on. Until you get to this one, Indiana at Ohio State, probably the biggest pack, uh, Big Ten game of the season so far. Two the most on fire teams. Indiana are two point five point favorites what? at Ohio State. I like e- it, right? ESPN, you were drunk. Go home. I do. Um, I do. I have, a, I, like, I have a sneaky night. <laughs> I just have. A... Oh come on. Oh, Absolutely will. I'll, well, I'll you call it put that. that in your prediction. I'm going to call one weird upset. We'll call Indiana to go over Ohio State. Okay. Okay. You do always call one weird upset. Um, Clemson are back. They're at Florida State. 
and Clemson are yeah, Florida State are terrible. Favorites. Clemson will come out with points one? proof. Yeah, Trevor's back. Is Trevor back then? Nice. Yeah. Trevor's back. Oh, well, watch out, uh, Seminoles. Mm. Florida go to Vanderbilt as 31.5 point favourites. Uh, Appalachian State against Coastal Carolina. That'll be a good one because obviously App State were pretty good last year. Six and one this year in the Sun Belt. Um, Coastal Carolina are 5.5 favourites. And I think this is probably Coastal Carolina's biggest test. Um, and so that was that could be a game to watch. Uh, Central Arkansas go to Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Louisiana 24.5. Point favourites, uh, BYU host North Alabama. BYU, 47.5 point favourites. Ouch. Um, this Oh, this is a good one. Cincinnati at UCF. Cincinnati go at the bounce house, six point favourites. Yeah. Um, I probably agree, but this game could be a real good one to watch. Uh, Wisconsin go to Northwestern. You know what, probably, you've got, you've got um, Indiana, uh, Indiana, Wisconsin, uh, Ohio State, and then you've got these two teams who have also been impeccable so far. Wisconsin at Northwestern, two Big Ten games that uh, are bound to be good ones. Uh, Wisconsin have 7.5 uh, uh, favourites. I think that's about fair too. I no, I'd give it a 10-point line. You think, I think, what, you think they're going to blow Northwestern I, out? I think Wisconsin are a touch on a field goal better than Northwestern. Oh, okay, so. All right, okay, that's no. not that's not too much difference. I thought you were going to say like twenty points. Uh, Texas go to hopeless Kansas, who are zero and seven. Texas twenty nine point five favorite. That line's generous for Jayhawks, I think. Only twenty nine point five um, dog. Like it is to be honest. Exactly, exactly. I agree. Um, Alabama hosts Kentucky. Alabama thirty point five favorites. Um, in Tuscaloosa and Kansas State go to Iowa State with Iowa State 11 point favourites uh, Ole Miss Texas A&M has been postponed as a Charlotte against Marshall Tennessee Auburn uh, Auburn 10.5 point favourites uh, Mississippi State go to Georgia <sighs> in the SEC Mississippi State 4.5 point favourites again I think Georgia are favourites by about that margin um Yeah, it's probably fair. Um, Oklahoma State against Oklahoma, big dog. Yeah, game. they're trending Oklahoma, in the right. They're trending the in the right direction. By seven. Oklahoma. Again, I think that's possible. Probably yeah. fair. Yeah, Liberty go to NC State. Liberty are six and a half favorites. Uh, USC go to Utah. USC are three point favorites. I bet. I reckon they would have been more. It wasn't for the fact that USC have looked a little bit unconvincing in both their wins. Yeah, that's... Uh, and Georgia Tech-Miami... I was just about to say, that's really rumbled the Gents, ACC. I don't that... know if you guys have seen... But that Georgia Tech-Miami game has been scheduled for... I think it's either the day before or the day of the ACC title game, unless it implicates that game. Like, unless the outcome Ooh. decides... That they've had to move the entire ACC schedule around because of it. Interesting. It's all a bit bonkers. Wow, that is crazy. That is crazy. So, uh, gents, pick one game. What is your game of the week to watch? Um, and I'm I'm going to go first, and I'm going to go for the game at the bounce house, Cincinnati UCF. Um, Dylan Gabriel has impressed me to no ends this season. Um, I think he's a fantastic quarterback. Um, Marlon Williams, receiver, 
almost at a thousand yards already. But Cincinnati have been on fire, and I think uh, this will be a good test for them. Uh, UCF five and two, not had the best of seasons, but it's still always tough to go at the bounce house. UCF don't really often lose at home. Um, it's usually on the road. Uh, they've lost once at home this season to Tulsa, um, but they tend to be a team that loses on the road more than they do at home. I'm, so that's I'm my probably going to go uh, Tristan. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go to Ryan Field. I think I'm going to go Northwestern Wisconsin. I think. I think it's a game of whoever's going to be playing Ohio State for the title. I think the outcome of that game really will depend it because um, I think Ohio State make it yeah. either way to the title game. Yeah, fair play, fair play. And Suit, to round off this podcast, What's your game I'm going to go. Week? I love a derby match, so I'm going to go for the Oklahoma derby. So the Sooners against Oklahoma State. Um, I think it's a difficult one to pick, to be honest. Um, you, you know, I, I know Oklahoma, like you say, trending in the right direction, especially on offense. So I, I think it'll be quite a quite an interesting game. So uh, yeah, going for that one. Yeah, I agree. I think that will be a good one. Good one. Will Spencer Rock yeah. come through? The is battle that Spencer, of the Spencer game? Is that Spencer Sanders? Is the Oklahoma State quarterback? It's battle, battle, battle of the Spencers. We had a great battle of the Sam, didn't we, between Howell and uh, Hartman? So hopefully Sanders uh, and Rattler. Thing is, Oklahoma us, State another don't one. score too many points, do they? So it'll um, be interesting. Yeah, true. True. Because Oklahoma yeah. score lots of points, so maybe that might bring mm. them up. Um, brilliant. Well, Gents, it's been a long one, but it's been a good one. Um, great to catch up once again. Some, yeah, some absolute fantastic games this weekend to watch. The big teams are back. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, all in action. Um, so, all that to say is thanks for joining us. Good luck to your teams this week. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you around for Scores on the Doors on Saturday. 